Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. One of the things that I, I really wanted this year was to lead with comedy when I thought about the host. And it goes back to my idea of making this an entertainment property um, and trying to get as many eyeballs on it as possible. And so I wanted hosts that said to people, okay, we're doing entertainment this year. The Oscars return this Sunday night with hosts for the first time in three years, and producer Will Packer says that was a priority for him. I'm Clayton Davis. On this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, Oscar producer Will Packer gives us a preview of what to expect with this year's Oscar telecast and addresses the controversial decision to pre-tape eight categories during the hour before the show. But first, our Award Circuit Roundtable gives its final Oscar predictions for this year's Academy Awards. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. It is crunch time. It is that moment. It is seconds, minutes, hours away. <laughs> From the reveal, the big reveal, everything that we've worked so hard toward, it's all happening on Sunday. Sunday, no, Sunday. Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, no pressure, but here I am. I'm Michael Schneider, along with Janelle Riley. Hello. Jazz Tanke. Wake up, Jazz. Oh, oh she's frozen. Oh, no, no we lost Hello, Jazz. hello. Oh, there she goes. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Jazz, we're not in, we're not no, in person today. As, this as, is awful. <laughs> and senior awards editor Clayton Davis. Th that was bad timing, by the way, because now I have to go twenty three for twenty three, or it's just like they revoke it, right? <laughs> That's what happens, right? <laughs> right. This, really this bad where they, they they pick up the show before <laughs> it actually premieres, yep. so no pressure. Yeah. Oh, dude, Jesus, I can't believe. Like I, I I can't I can believe we're here because it's been very long, but I can't believe that we're here at the same time. We're finally here, and and it's really coming down to a nail biter. I mean, it's who knew that we were going to end up where we are now? But really, going into Sunday, this this whole coda versus the power of the dog question is really. I mean, it is a nail biter. It's it, we actually have a race, and this is going to be fascinating to see what happens on Sunday. Well, some uh, of us have been saying it's between Coda and Power of the Dog for a few months now. <laughs> but some of you are still clinging to Belfast, and I respect that. Well, I think Belfast is still in the conversation. I think it's I, I, the one thing that's uh, been insufferable about film Twitter, besides the fact that it's film Twitter, <laughs> is that they're saying that, it, like, that it's not a possibility that Belfast could win. Anything's a possibility. If like, you're nominated, exactly. yeah. But yeah, drive my car could win. I'm kidding. 
Stop, um, stop that it right could. now. It could. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, it's a one in 10 shot. Sure. Yes. Like it, it, by theory of logic. Yes. Like it could, but it, it, based on the, the spread in the conversation of the voters, I think it's those three with the darkest, slimmest of chances of West Side Story. Picking up steam. I could see it. And I, so, I, I even see a little bit of Dune too. Yeah, Dune, yeah. Dune got a lot. Okay, okay. With a little bit of King Richard and a little no, bit. No, <laughs> no. I, I, I feel as it's funny. I didn't talk to anyone that put King Richard number one. Like, like not that like wasn't right. right obvious. Yeah, yeah um, those number one votes. You know, uh, there were a lot of number one votes for West Side Story. A lot. There were a lot for Dune that was like really. But I you can absolutely believe that. But what's, mm-hmm. what's interesting is that I feel I can't get an accurate gauge of what does a person that puts West Side Story in Dune number one, what is their number twos and threes? I think probably the titles we just discussed. You think so? Yeah, unless unless they like really hate something and they put it all the way at 10. But yeah. I think most people are kind of more, I, I'm, but I don't mean to speak for anyone, but mm. I, I feel like we are like some sort of anomaly on film Twitter and that we don't love one and hate the other. Oh, like we figure. both really mm-hmm. like, we, we all, I think really like Coda oh. and power of the dog. All and of them. Yeah. 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 I'm a fan of all three. Uh, cause, cause, cause I thought like, cause I think drive my car. If you're a person that puts drive my car, number one, I feel like you have power of the dog, probably two or three. Like that just seems like that makeup of a person. Now, as I could be judging, people can like different things, obviously. Um, But I I was just interested in in that aspect because that's where I don't know where those votes go. Go ahead, Jazz. I I was going to say to the King Richard of it all, like, you know how much I love that film. I think we all do, to Janelle's point. I moderated a Q&A on Friday with Anjanu, Demi, and... um, Sanaya and afterwards they were talking about Coda. I was like, we just watched King Richard. You've been in front of like the queen from this film and yeah. Pam Martin was there too. Um, and they were just talking about Coda, which just proved why what happened on Saturday at the PGAs. But to your point, Clayton, about West Side Story, this is where I think, and we were discussing it, Steven Spielberg is probably number two on if not like you're gonna vote west side story is your best picture and a lot of people love that film i think a lot of us have been kind of been not us here but like some people have been underestimating it but steven spielberg like people are watching watch that film during voting and they love it and they're like and he's a great i'm yeah. Exactly. I can be a window. The a only world. person I can see winning aside from Jane Campion at this he, point. He's a he's a great up and comer in this industry. And um, but no, I like I agree. I think Spielberg is a possible spoiler, but I also but Kenneth Branagh is also like very much on the table. He got a lot of votes, like in a in a way. So I think one of the big questions here was did the critics' choice moment of Jane Campion cost her? And me being in the room at the table with Venus and Serena, I thought it was a big nothing burger inside the room. I was very surprised how much it came up in conversations with voters. I feel like it's it, passed, though, don't you? 
No, like it, it was something. Uh, I was saying, like, it's not a controversial topic that people are talking about, but it was something that was brought up of like, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like it or whatever the case may be. It wasn't I don't think best, it, it wasn't the best timing for it. I it mean, was, it came, yeah, and, and it also negated yeah. like all the goodwill she had just received the day before for calling Sam Elliott yeah. a, a yeah. BICCH. She she lost yeah. that unfortunately. I yeah. I agree with you, Clayton. I think like. You know, we were we were there, right? There was applause when Jane said it, but I we didn't I didn't see what was happening on film Twitter till the following morning. Like, you know, certain people have mentioned like, oh, this Jane Campion thing is blowing up, and then you wake up and it's like, wait, what's hap- what what's happening? Yeah. And we were like, oh, is this just contained to film Twitter? Right? Mm-hmm. Usually those things are. Yeah. But then people were like, yeah, I don't like what she did and I'm changing my vote. And I was like, okay. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get too many of people saying that like, they're going to change their votes, but just using it as like reasoning, uh, potential reasoning. But Mm. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I don't think it was enough to cost her the Oscar because listen, I, I don't know where you guys are. I have power of the dog winning one Oscar on the night and it's for best director. I'm hanging in there on mm. cinematography, actually. That that's yeah. I, I, I'm glad you did because I hate having her for just one Oscar. And I swear <laughs> to God, I was like, it was either that or I was going to drop her and pick someone else. Wow! Because, and I didn't want to like you know, I have that discussion with myself. <laughs> I love Ari to bits. You know, I would love to see her win, but. I was talking to somebody about it today. Like she only won critics choice. Like she had, she didn't win anything else, which is, you know, where I think Greg Frazier is going to win on on Sunday. I don't know. I could be wrong. I can see what, you know, she has the the narrative of like being the first cinematographer, but like there's nothing to back that up except like only critics. She didn't win at BAFTA. She didn't win at ASD. And it's like, Hmm. Yeah, you're right. The stats aren't in her favor, and I'm yeah. totally going with my gut on this. No, and care about but, stats. But, 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 <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah, stats don't matter anymore. Right? <laughs> I never want to hear that word again because it's all garbage right. this year. <laughs> um, but I think no, I think I think you can pick her with a straight face. Because listen, I had I like I was like envisioning some stuff of the night, and I was like, I could see it winning director and cinematography be like a revenant minus Leonardo DiCaprio an acting win or something like that. Like I could kind of see that. Um, but just do a quick run through because I think this is like kind of the way to do it. Collectively, the shorts, by the way, we can never get a gauge on them. And as a whole, not very strong this year. I felt the same way. Usually mm-hmm. it's they're really strong. Actually, because I see a lot of short films because I, I love yeah. shorts and I go to festivals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the one the there's like three that they choose for nominations where I'm like, I've seen hundreds of better movies. I yeah. know there's great shorts out there. I don't know if we're, we, we can blame COVID for the lack yeah. of like quality shorts, but a lot of the ones they picked this year are big shrug for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's really yeah. top. It's really top heavy, but uh, I think we're going to see Riz Ahmed win an Oscar. So that's going to be <laughs> yes! fun. I, I was yeah. thinking that too. Yeah. I, think he, I think he's going to win an Oscar. Uh, we're gonna for see his short all, film. For his short film, yeah. The Long Goodbye. Uh, Audible, I think it's getting like, Coda Love, coincidentally funny for Netflix, it's going to help with there. And uh, Robin Robin, because it's Ardman, and, you know, Wallace and Gromit, uh, the Pirates, and Shaun the Sheep, they love those that, that company, so I think yeah. that's the shorts. 
I went with windshield wiper and I'm, I'm not even that's really a, sure why. That, that, yeah. that, that's a good, uh, uh, that, that's a good yeah. runner up. I sat with him at the nominees luncheon. I think that's a possibility. Um, I also look at Bestia because yes. it, yeah. it is a jarring movie, like startling at times. <laughs> However, uh, it's won like so much like mm. on the circuit. It's like done very, very well. Uh, I, I, I dropped the worst person beating drive my car thing. You did. Because oh, I I, cause, I, wow. Because I had to do a Hail Mary and I did a Hail Mary elsewhere. Where's your Hail oh, Mary? Did then? you do it? Oh, we'll get to it, right? We're gonna get, we're gonna get, oh, wait. Get to it. We're gonna get to Can it I guess what it is? No, we're going to get to it. And then then we could, so you could say it when we get to that category. <laughs> Fine. Uh, are you I guys think not, I know where it is. What's right, everyone a, else's picks? Let's hear for everyone else's for international film. I'm sticking. Yeah, I'm going with worst person in the world. Are you? Thank I you. Am. So I don't have to. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm going to live vicariously <laughs> through you. I'm just going bold all yeah. over the place. And this is why I never win the pool. Flea? What about uh, Flea? Like, I think Flea wins in documentary. Do you, okay. are, is that what you're predicting? Because that's next. Uh, I believe I am, yes. Ooh. So mm. I was on Flea for all of phase two. And in the end, I was just like, summer soul. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Because, and a little bit of Oscar history, I went back 20 years. Once the field is established, right? We've had shocking snubs, like not make it in. But once the field is established, we haven't had a shocking winner in documentary right. feature. They fall yeah. in line typically. So that's what I, I was like. Flea going three for, th I mean, zero for three, though, just, just doesn't sit well with me, but. But the reason why, this is also why I came to it, because Attica won DGA. And I think Attica yeah. and Flea are kind of like splitting votes of anything that was going to upset Summer of Soul. So when you can't bring a consensus number two, it's just not a number two. Yeah. And Attica is so good. If I love that. If you haven't Attica. seen it. I think we're on the back of the train. But if, yeah. I th if I felt that everyone watched it, I would be predicting it to win. Because it has that type of movie. But like, they're not it, watching it, it. It's it's fun to say Oscar winner Questlove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to feel nice. Original song. This is this might be considered a Hail Mary, but I, I don't know. Oh, you I, changed? I think we're getting no. e, I think we're getting an EGOT. EGOT. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Lynn's taking it. Yeah. 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 Mike. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I mean, he's been really just campaigning his ass off. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is it is it that No Time to Die came out five thousand years ago? Is that well, why the song we think... did? Didn't the song win a yeah. Grammy like two years <laughs> yes. ago? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, and also like I think it's a really good song, but like there is sort of like a Bond um, style where they kind of start to sound alike, and it's always like ah, yeah. Yeah. writings on the wall. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what Um. But yeah, and I still think there's a shot that Beyonce does it. Oh, of course, she's Beyonce. Yeah. But I think it's yeah. only it's only one of those three. Unfortunately, I think we're gonna have a zero for thirteen still. Diane Warren. So, um, best picture front runner for next year, Martin Scorsese. Can you please just give her an original song? Like, <laughs> just throw it in there, man. That is what she needs. She needs a film that people see, like the last, you know, the the yeah. the statement songs. Stop the return to your power ballad. I wrote her a dear letter, a dear Diane. Here's how to win your Oscar letter. When I first started at Variety, I'm going to send it to her again. Be like, <laughs> this is what right. you need to do, honey. 
All right, let's start the Dune train, right? Because we can get kind of rattled through this. When it's not Dune, just stop us and tell us that it's not Dune. Original score? It's probably Dune, yeah. Dune? Yeah. Hans Zimmer finally getting his second Oscar after all this time. And Hans Zimmer is not boycotting the Oscars. He is going to, he's actually on tour, and that's where he will be. I'm on tour, too. Uh, <laughs> visual effects? <laughs> Dune. Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhat uh, uh, a, a big studio. Oh, wait. That... Sorry. Oh. There is a part of me that is going for Free Guy. I think I might have put that on my ballot. <gasps> they are. It's, yeah, so good. <laughs> they are so. Pers- they've like had their personality just like all out on the circuit. And I wonder if that made. Listen, I would love it. It would also be like I would feel terrible for Dune though, but oh. it, but it, but it'd be such a fun win. It's it's so good, and it's been playing on HBO Max and I think Disney Plus lately. Yeah. And again, I think like yeah. everyone, it might be one of those things where people are catching it late. There is yeah. just there's so much going on. It's so clever, and there's even like I go back and watch, and there's things happening in the background. Like there's this one player who um, clearly is a new player and doesn't know what they're doing. So they're just walking into the wall mm-hmm. over and over. That is me. Yeah. Like I relate. I have done that. I just, I mean, you know, this is my guts. This is my heart speaking again and not my head, but would have I, to leap over Spider-Man and Shang-Chi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. Uh, but it's big... the underdog though, to be fair. Like it is the one with the smallest budget. It is. Sure. Yeah. Cause is I it? did a piece with Sean Levy and Ryan and they had like, the smallest budget compared to like Spider-Man and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but yes, you know, I'm with you free guy. A big, a, a big studio Spider-Man. executive told me that they thought Spider-Man was winning. I could see it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, sa- yeah. I think Dune is safe. <laughs> Sound Dune. Dune. Ups a pick West side story. That's what I, yeah. 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 Although yeah. I have to okay. say me personally, the sound and the power of the dog, like those spurs, on the ground and the every, wind, like every, oh. every time Benedict walks in the house. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like terrifying. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. Tammy Faye. You are going with Tammy Faye. Yeah. Upset pick coming to America, though. I went with coming yep. to America. That's a good call. Yeah. Because didn't it win? Did it win Mua? It won at the field. Yeah. It won the Mua. And it is pretty, like, sometimes this comes down to most, and I don't mean that snarky. I mean, like, they did they did some really impressive showy things there. It's funny. I think the most makeup is in Tammy Faye, but the most <laughs> impressive makeup, like, as a makeup only, is in Coming to America. Um, yeah. But I also like that movie the least of the five. <laughs> so I, I wonder how many people actually the time and watch i feel like everyone was getting to that one late like oh i have to watch that so but you see the photos out there you know yeah yeah i wonder too if because the conversation over the past couple weeks has been uh you know what would jessica chastain do during the golden hour quote unquote when they're passing out the awards (laughs) (laughs) so there's been a lot of discussion about her supporting her team yep uh, the the makeup that's uh, make up the hairstyling team on Tammy Faye that that may have like entered people's minds and that may have it helped. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, um, we, we, we should start a spinoff called golden hour, right? Because that's just a terrible name and we should just run with that like to the ground. <laughs> yes. And we're uh, all in LA too, right? Exactly. Or yeah. golden moments. Film editing. This is a make or break oh. your Oscar pool. 
Oh my gosh. I tweeted about this the other day because this was stuff that was keeping me up at two o'clock in the morning and I couldn't find my phone. Cause I was like, is it going to be Dune? Is it, is Hamon going to win for King Richard? Nope. And the response on Tick Tick Boom was yep. wild. And yeah. I was like, oh, I did not expect that. that. Yeah. I was like, is well, this what we're not looking at? And I mean, th- this, this is such a hard category to call. They are all amazing. I would be so happy if it was King Richard, you know? Um, I'd be happy if it was like, but I think it's Tick Tick Boom. I think what they did juggling th- different genres, different time periods, the fact that it made it in there. You know, and it didn't get an Oscar Best Picture nomination. Didn't really get many nominations, I guess, other than Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I actually mm. think indicates passion for it as opposed to just like coming in on a Best Picture wave. Yeah, I mean, at least I think editors editors who vote for the nominations can recognize amazing editing because it is amazing editing. Uh, I had a this is a hedge of my bet. I had to go outside of my heart because if I chose King Richard and it lost. I'm just gonna be bummed. And Tick Tick Boom would be my number two, and I didn't choose that either. So I just went Dune. I mean, uh, it, 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 it's a safe choice. Yeah. But, but to just put this, it is between those three based on yeah. like the echo chamber, um, and I think it's one of those three. But West Side Story winning at Critics Choice and No Time to Die winning at BAFTA, both of which are not nominated here. A lot of people were saying, "Well, Dune can't beat those." then it's not the front runner. And I think you can look at it and say, well, if West Side Story and No Time to Die were there, they would be winning. So now it's just Dune that's left. So I'm just going to go with that. If Power of the Dog wins that early in the night? If, oh, would, my God. That would you, would, yeah. Will you change your best picture? Well, I couldn't change it at that point. <laughs> you can change <laughs> anything up till yeah. the moment it happens. Yeah. No, I, I, but yeah, if, it, if Power of the Dog won editing, I'd be like, oh, okay. It's going to, like, Netflix yeah. is about to have a really good night. <laughs> um, but I think it's fine. Well, no. So that's why it would be weird. Like, I, I think it's like last in, in this race. In this Here's what's fun. We'll know this by b- between four and five o'clock because thanks to Twitter and social media, people will be tweeting out their wins. So, and I'll be inside. That's right. Screaming, yeah. screaming <laughs> at them. Uh, costume design, Corella. Yeah, West Side Story upset pick, I think. Yellow dress. Yes. Ghost places. My upset I, is Dune. That's a good pick. As much as I would love it to be Cyrano, I think it's Corella with a West yeah. Side Story spoiler as well. Oh. Cinematography. Hello, Greg Frazier. Greg. Sticking with Ari for now. I, I don't know what I mean for now. We're not, yeah. <laughs> we're not it's talking for now. again. For now, yep, but. that's it. Uh, production design. Dune. However... Upset pick, not Nightmare Alley, like I thought. I was, it was startling how much I heard Power of the Dog in production design. Oh, that would be which, amazing. Which makes wow. sense because okay. Grant, Grant Major won the Oscar for Lord of the Rings, Turn of the King. Like people know him, he's like an established figure, but I think that's the upset pick there. Even though I want it to be Nightmare Alley. Yeah, I, I would love to see Power of the Dog win it there. Animated Encanto. 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 Oh, you're going Mitchell's? 
I think I'm going Mitchell's. Really? Good. Yeah. Go- Someone has to. Thank you, Janelle. You're taking it for the team today. I really am. So yeah. am I. So Jazz, I know you run the Oscar pool. Take all that mm-hmm. into consideration <laughs> when all of mine come up wrong. But Jazz, you should do. By the way, we we do this for my other pool that I'm a part of. Um, whoever comes in last gets their money back. Oh, <laughs> so you should probably uh, do that. Um, adapted screenplay that will probably tell you what's winning best picture. I went Coda. Of course. Yeah. Up- upset lost daughter. I agree. Original screenplay. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I went against every fiber of my being and, and picked Belfast, but I think, I think it's Belfast. I think it's Belfast. It. Bel- Bel- uh, licorice pizza, two things there. One funny, very popular internationally than I would have thought. Oh, good. Yeah. Which would, and it beat, Ken at BAFTA, um, but a lot of people uh, are were very <laughs> they get very strong feelings about uh, the racist undertones in the film, yeah. and I think that's going to ultimately cost them. Um, I think pretty much everyone wants to see Paul Thomas Anderson win an Oscar. Yeah, but I think they are like he's inevitably going to get nominated again next time. We'll get like, to that soon. Yeah. It, but I really, really yeah. like that movie. But, what you know, it didn't. I, I thought that it, it would either overperform or underperform at the nominations. And in many ways, you could say it didn't underperform. It got a best picture. It got the best director. But you just didn't get Bradley or any text. But yeah. 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 And listen, and don't look up beating it at WGA also gave me the proof I needed. That I was like, yeah, OK, we're going to just go. Belfast. Be pretty All cool right. if it was King Richard, though. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, then I'd be like, uh, we have violence now and I have no idea what's going on anymore. Uh, supporting actress. Let Janelle go uh, first. Go, oh, Janelle. you guys are killing me. Go. You know what I've been saying all season. You're going to stick with her? Please do it. You want me to stick? I, I want to stick with Anjanou Ellis, but that feels foolish because Ariana DeBose, in addition to being amazing and incredible, has not, not missed a step. It's That's not, why I think there could be a giant surprise. It's it's not it's not <laughs> foolish though. It's yeah. not. There's a lot of votes for her, yeah. like a lot. Look, if you're we'll filling out your you your Oscar pools, you, you better put down Ariana DeBose. I love Ariana. I will take Anjanou though. I I just yeah. Wait, so you're predicting Anjanou? I'm gonna go yes. If it's not official, I, it's not on gold derbies. You better do that. I will do that. I will go back okay. to. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't. It's like I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, She's amazing, Ariana. But yeah, supporting actor Troy Kotzer. Yep. Yeah. Are you still predicting a spoiler there, Clayton? I mean, I I don't think there's no agreed upon number two. So I think like I don't think it's Cody. I think it's Kieran Hines, but I, I don't think he's going to do it. He need, he would have had to win BAFTA to convince me. Yeah. And and for Cody to win Best Picture, it has to do it in a sweep. And by sweep, it means the three categories. It's nominated in. Uh, best Actress. Is this your Hail Mary here? Yes. Yes, yes I is. saw earlier. You're going with Penelope Cruz. which Penelope Cruz. Really? You're going with Penelope <laughs> Cruz? Oh God, it's keeping me up at night. Wow. So two reasons. One, people got to it really late. 
which would explain why it wasn't long listed at BAFTA. She she got a lot of votes. Like it was just a lot. I think she uh, skews very international. So I think everyone in Europe is like going to vote for her, like a lot of them. And I just feel like in this year where stats are falling, why not? But I, but I do believe it's between Jessica, Penelope, and Olivia only. I think Kristen and Nicole are not happening. I keep having flashbacks to mm. uh, Olivia Coleman's surprise win with Glenn Close. Yeah, and I'm like, right. that, would, that would uh, that would not be a surprise if it happened again. But I am sticking with Jessica Chastain. She has not yeah, it's it's a step this entire season. That is well, she did miss a few steps, but like, but everyone missed a step somewhere on the circuit. But I think the smart choice is to go with Jessica Chastain. But it's a it's, it was a it was a flip point. But you're saying you're not a smart dude? <laughs> no, I'm smart. No, because if it happens, I'm a genius. <laughs> but actually, I'm not the only one that did it because I feel like I started a trend because now on Twitterverse, everyone's like, oh, I'm predicting Penelope Cruz. So I was like, the hell with you. Um, to be Clayton Davis. That's everybody it. wants to be. Everyone wants to be this. Uh, actor Will Lord Smith. Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince Will himself. Smith. But I can I just share that I'm having like Ajita because I don't think it's a runaway like it should be. And I have feelings that Andrew Garfield could upset him. And the only other person to ever lose the Oscar after winning Globe, SAG, Critics' Choice, and BAFTA was Russell Crowe 20 years ago this year when Denzel Washington won when Will Smith was getting his first nomination. So I'm just... Having hmm. feelings about but it, people were really annoyed with Russell Crowe. He threw a phone that year, yeah, and he was going back to back. Yeah, no so. one's annoyed with Will Smith, or maybe someone yeah. is. I don't know. Yeah, I, sure I, I find that some, hard to believe. I'm sure there's somebody that is, but I, I'm not. Start talking about next year's Oscars because we need to get Michelle Yeoh nominated. Yes, please. That's Thank all you that matters. I Can we ride this train? I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, director. Miss Campion. Campion. Miss Campion. Yeah. yeah. Michael. Michael. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. Mike. Can you pick someone else? Can like your pool doesn't matter. So I just need you to take one for the team. Uh, but do, but don't but I'll don't take, pick Spielberg. I was about to say I'll take Spielberg. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Take Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, and, and best picture of the year. All together now. Coda. Coda. Just to think. We ended on Coda. Oh, man. I want to go back and find all the mean tweets to me calling me oh, crazy. I retweeted all of them last week. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, was, so I, smart. Was, track. I was feeling petty when it won PGA. I was like, I need to retweet many of these. But listen, what I want to say is if it's not Coda and it is Power of the Dog, I don't want to hear any crap. Saying it was always Power of the Dog because that's not true. <laughs> this is a squeaker. But I don't even think Power of the Dog is number two. I think it's Belfast. Oh, I, I think mm. I think it's close. And I think Power of the Dog is, is, I would not be surprised to see it win. I said I would go with whoever won PGA. So I am sticking with that. I'm yep. sticking with Coda, yeah. but it's going to be close. I have a, I have a feeling that I have a, a, there's a out, potential outcome where Belfast wins picture and picture only. <laughs> We're, we are due for a mutiny on the bounty. I just think it's so cute how you, you, you stick with Belfast. <laughs> I'm not sticking with end. it. I, 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 no, I'm predicting Coda. 
But Belfast, I believe, is number two. I'm still going with Squid Game. <laughs> you should go Squid Game. No, it's Dope Sick. I told you. Uh, if it, if, if, it, if it was Dope Sick, would totally win on a preferential ballot, by the way. I don't know. There's a lot of great limited series this year. That's every year. Yeah. yeah. But Clinton, to the Belfast point, did you feel that during voting, there was like a, a surge, like a lot of love come out for Belfast? I just, I just think there's, right? there's respect and adoration for it. And yeah. it's definitely in there. But as I put out on the uh, earlier this week when Oscar voting ended, this, all of this is great timing on Apple's part. And by never Apple's part, but just timing of the world. On February 24th, uh, Ukraine was invaded by Russia. And four days later, Coda was standing on SAG Award stage, looking all happy and showing us that there was hope in the world and it's not all done and we could live one day again in harmony and peace. And I think people are looking for a good mood. And even Belfast, that is a happy movie, has an opening sequence of a kid in the middle of like a war zone. So I think even that might have been too much for people to handle. People are looking for happiness and hope. And I think Coda is the best you can get. Well, I'm a weirdo who finds uh, Power of a Dog strangely uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being totally serious, by the way. It, I know that sounds it, like a joke. No. It, but I, things I, work out pretty well in the end, don't they? I mean, semi. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not for Phil. For the right but people. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But no, I think everybody's better off by the end but, of uh, Power of the Dog, including which is Phil. Which is probably why I think Jesse Plemons in that movie is superb because he has the emotional like love of that movie. But yeah, that's it. I have uh, Dune winning six, Coda going three, Power so, Dog one. What about the uh, the fan favorite to vote? Oh God, Jesus. oh God, they're still doing that, aren't they? Spider Man is going to win. Spider Man No Way Home. But you know what I'm hoping it is? Minimata, because no one knows what that is. Okay, I want Minimata for another reason. I think it's an excellent film. And I think the whole point of them, like, calling it fan favorite is like, this is what fandoms do. I, yes, but no way people saw that movie. No way. It's not going to stop people from voting, though. No, sure. But I I just hope it's Minimata so it could show how, like, this wasn't a good idea. Yeah. The power of fandom. Yeah, but I think it's Spider-Man. It's got to be Spider-Man, right? I don't know. I, I think really Sp- don't because I think Sp- if, if, the, if the legions and the armies come out, I think it's either Spider-Man or it's Army of the Dead because of Zack Snyder. Wow. Army of the Dead was leading the other like whenever I last looked, but it was like what? Okay, yay, fanboys, um, and girls, and girls, sorry, fanboys and girls and people. All right, how about another prediction? How many people are going to watch the Oscars this year? It'll. I'm going with sixteen million. 16 so it's i think it's i think it's gonna go up it's funny i saw some i don't know i forgot where i saw it someone predicted like seven they thought it was gonna go down again i was like no come on i don't think so yeah last year was such a a plummet so last year was 10.4 million 2020 was 23.6 million so it already dropped by half it's not gonna I just can't see it dropping even more. I think there's going to be more interest this year. There are hosts again. There's buzz. People are going to want to watch. Uh, Will Smith and Encanto. Yeah. Yep. And Bruno. Bruno. And Beyonce. I'm going 17 and a half. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I, I think I think we're gonna get seventeen and a half million. Like, okay, like I, I, I you know, was, if you go over, you don't get credit. This is like prices, right? That's fine. So you have to come in under. So my right, sixteen right. million. I'm going nineteen point two. <laughs> I'm picking a dollar. Yeah. So do, do you think it'll be under? Do you think it'll be under sixteen, but over last year? It'll absolutely be over last year. Um, I'll go ahead and guess. Uh, 15.5. Is there, is there any world where they crack 20 again, you think? Unlikely. I, I just, I, I think that's going to be really tough to suddenly gain back 10 million more viewers who didn't watch last year. But I think the good news is it will increase. So at least it'll be a little bit of a. Um, and then they'll great. say, see, all our choices yeah. were great. But yeah. Moving eight categories to before is a good idea. Let's move another eight. Yeah. I also think it'll be interesting to see how, because people are going to consume content through social media. They'll just be like, oh, the Encanto clip is up. Let me just watch that. Um, the Beyonce clip is up. I don't know. But yeah, my number is 19.2. I'm going high. You're going high. Look at I'm you. going way high. I hope listen, I, I, listen, I, I really hope they crack 20. But yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like, 17. I think mean, there are people to watch. I think Bruno is helping a lot here. Um, and I think Will Smith is helping a lot. I think Kristen Stewart being nominated is helping, even though I just crushed their dreams if they're listening to this right now. But um, yeah, I just I just think some people are gonna get into it. I mean, they should have had yeah. BTS come on and do a medley of of Oscar themes or something. Yeah, like that. then, then they Not- would have recovered. It's not too late, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, they're adding people every second, so. Yeah. Oh, and you know what they should do? Announce next year's host on the telecast and say, like, we have it already, and they can start planning now instead of, like, right Yeah, but before. then it gives people a year to dig up old tweets. There's nothing on me and Michael. We would be <laughs> fine. Me and Michael have no... I actually don't know we, about that. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have no dark past. <laughs> Only dark passenger. Hello, Dexter. <laughs> um, and then now we're off to the Emmys because that's going to be crazy this year. Let's hold off on that because next week's uh, episode of this podcast will be recapping everything. We're going to be talking to you know, Clayton's going to be on the ground there. We've got, uh, I'll you know, be on Dad. the ground for sure. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be, like we'll have to pick you up. We're going to have to carry you to your microphone. Um, but uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about next week. So you're not going to want to miss our grand finale. Oh, our wow. Season, oh, my God. The Michelle Yeoh train starts next week. Exactly. Yeah. Janelle <laughs> and I are driving, co-piloting this train. We'll, uh, we'll pick it up again next week. Thanks, guys. Happy Oscar Sunday. After the break, Oscar producer Will Packer. From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
And we're back. It's the Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. Oscar producer Will Packer is in good spirits about producing this year's 94th telecast. Like everyone globally, he spent the past two years having existential thoughts regarding his legacy, influence, and priorities. But a Hollywood outsider, Packer could be the right man for the job. Packer and the Academy have received criticism following the announcement that eight categories presenting three shorts and five artisan fields will be pre-recorded and edited into the live telecast for viewers at home. He says he has empathy and respect for the craftspeople. Still, he decided to treat the show as an entertainment property. Sunday, March 27th, it's the star-studded movie event of the year. And the Oscar goes to... With the biggest show opening in Oscars history. It's incredible. Plus, the first live performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno. A tribute to 60 years of James Bond. And a Godfather celebration 50 years in the making. Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes host The Oscars live Sunday, March 27th on ABC. Will Packer is generally a fearless person, unafraid of challenges. But he admits to the hesitation for taking the responsibility of ushering the most prestigious award show in history into a new dawn. He had conversations about taking this gig before, but the timing just wasn't right. Mostly due to the steering of his self-owned media company, Will Packer Productions, which has assembled an array of blockbuster titles that have grossed more than $1 billion worldwide. I recently spoke with Packer about the show, including what to expect as hosts Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, and Regina Hall hit the Dolby Theater stage on Sunday night. I began by asking him how he wound up getting this gig. I had had conversations with the Academy a couple years before, and um, the timing just never worked out because... I, you know, I'm really busy. I got a, I got a day job that keeps me pretty busy. And you make a billion dollar movies. I, I, I get I'm, it. You know, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've been doing okay. I've been very fortunate uh, to have a very robust film and television as I'm building my media company. And so I just, you know, it never, it never worked out. So I had the conversation a couple of years and, you know, I'm always telling my own kids, people that I do like motivational speeches to, I'm like, What's the thing that scares you? What's the thing that you're putting off? That's the thing you got to face head on. Kick down the door, walk in, look at that thing and take it on. You got to move past it, whatever that thing is, right? And I looked at it and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm never going to have like the time. It's never going to be the perfect moment for this. And I was coming off of, you know, like everybody else, um, the last two years, reevaluating priorities, thinking about things a different way, thinking about, you know, what am I doing here on this planet? How am I influencing others? What's my legacy? Having those kind of, you know, existential thoughts, right? And I said, you know what? It's never going to be the perfect time. This is the year. Let's do it. You know, let's go in. Let's do it. Let's kick down that door and face down the, you know, the fear. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm generally a very fearless person. So it's not, it wasn't fear, but it was certainly hesitation about, does this make sense for me? Yeah. Uh, but I said, you know what, why not? Let's go for it. And I'm still, I still have that attitude very much so today. 
Yeah. I mean, did it live up to your expectations? What's been the best perk about being an uh, Oscar producer uh, on this? Best perk. You know what, Clayton? You got to ask me that when it's over. I'm too (laughs) deep in it right now. You know, I'm way I'm way too deep in the weeds. You know, it's like like if you'd ask me what's the best, you know, perk about producing Girls Trip while I was shooting it. You know, I couldn't have told you. Right. So it's all about the totality of the journey. I will tell you that I'm enjoying the ride. It is a massive, massive challenge, but I embrace that. I really do. Um, and I think you have to because, you know, I'm the type of person that that um, I feel like we've got, we go through this life that we've been blessed to have and to, to live. And you've got a lot of choices about how you live that life. And instinctually, my choices have always pushed me towards um, risk. It has always pushed me towards um, chasing things and um, following my dream and passion. That's why I'm even in, you know, Hollywood today. I didn't grow up in this environment. I didn't know anybody in this world. You know, I kind of paid my own way. And so those same kind of instincts are what have led me to this moment. Um, And, you know, just you ask about perks. I mean, again, I need to sit back and have it all in context. But I'll be honest with you, man. It is I have. um, It's such a massive uh, undertaking. The level of people that I'm interacting with is very cool. Um, the team that I have and the access, you know, to the resources is 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 great. Um, you know, I've produced a lot of movies. This is kind of like producing ten movies at once mm-hmm. at one time. And and by the way, all the movies come together live in one moment. Right? That's kind of the analogy that I would use, which is you know, of course, impossibly. Uh, an impossible undertaking but that's kind of like what this is yeah awesome thank you um you know looking at looking at your uh your background and you know you weren't as you said before you weren't born into this industry i i'm one that found my way here by accident i so i call myself a very uh freak accident to get into this position i'm very grateful for um and you've done a lot of great work uh i know you're very passionate about uh, hbcus I know you're very passionate about bringing up that next generation into this industry. So the Will Packers don't get here by accident. You know, they actually, what can you do with a, with, with a, with a child from the age of five and then, and get them in here, you know, can you talk a little bit about that and you know, what's brought you through that journey? Oh yeah. I mean, believe me, um, you know, I, I, can joke about what got me to this moment and and running from it. But, you know, Clayton, you hit on something that's important. And it's not lost on me that um, it's important that people see my face and and say that's the guy that's doing it. You know, that's the guy behind the Oscars, you know, and it's important that somebody looks at me and goes, I look like him. You know, look at what he's doing. He's, you know, in charge of, you know, the the biggest night in, you know, one of the biggest industries in the world, that guy, right? I, you know, he's from St. Petersburg, Florida and went to Florida a University, right? And so that says something, there's something about that, that, um, that imagery is very important. It's not lost on me. Big HBCU supporter. Um, one of the things we're doing this year, which I'm very proud of, um, which I, I will tell you, and then Keith will let me know, or Paula, if I'm saying it too soon, let me have you pull it back. But, um, this is the first year that we are actually having trophy presenters, the folks that actually hand the trophies to the stars from an HBCU. We have Mr. and Mrs. North Carolina A&T. 
Mm. So the the uh, you know king and queen, so to speak, of a prominent HBCU will be on that stage uh, handing out the trophies that have never been done before. I'm very, very proud of that. If you saw the nomination show, which I know you did, you see it all. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not paying attention this year. I'm just like, yeah. oh yeah, all right, yeah. you're in it. Um, you know, having um, the kids from Howard um, at the Chagway Bozeman School of Fine Arts and having, uh, of course, the Felicia Rashad be a part of that. That's so cool. Um, and, you know, I want to embrace and have real people be a part of that of all stripes, of all demographics, of all ethnicities. I want just if you love movies, this is a show for you. And so certainly that would include folks that grew up like I grew up, folks that, you know, went to an HBCU that don't have necessarily the same access. So. It's not lost on me that I'm also representing a lot of those types of people as well. Oh, that's awesome. That, that, that's, that's amazing. That's, I'm really excited Excited for that. Now, talking about going into planning a show of this magnitude, uh, you know, award award ceremonies across the board are just the ratings have, have been dropping the last few years. There's less engagement. Yep, you're reinventing the wheel. Like this is the opportunity now to rethink what the Oscars, what all award shows could look like, you know, obviously length of time comes into play, uh, what the, what general consumer audiences want to watch versus like a Oscar head like me that you can give me a 12 hour ceremony and I'd watch the whole thing, you yeah. know? So what, what, what went into that mindset and how difficult was that? Well, you bring up a good point, you know, and, you know, we need we need the Clayton Davises of the world that are going to watch this show and consume it no matter what. It doesn't matter how long it is. It doesn't matter, you know, who's on it. Like you love the industry, you're part of the industry. Um, and so you're there for it. That's not most people. That's just the reality. It's an oversaturated content environment. People have choices to watch any and everything they want. And so live award shows, especially at a time when you have so much access to people that 10 years ago you didn't. You had to watch 10 years ago because you had no idea, you know, what does Halle Berry look like now? You know, how's how's Leo wearing his hair? You know what I mean? What, what kind of dresses is so-and-so, you know, wearing? Well, now you've got all that. We have so much access to people. And so you can, you can kind of get that feel anytime. So I think you have to do something else. And you have to think about this as an entertainment property. And the Oscars is no different from any of the other award shows that are having that same challenge. And one of the things that I wanted to do early on was to make a decision to treat this as an entertainment property. And that's what I did. And that's, you know, part of the reason that you do get a, a Will Packer to produce the, the Oscars, right? You have to, you know, make a decision, you know, is it something that we're going to say is, you know, just for Hollywood, by Hollywood, it's us celebrating us and that's good enough? Or are we going to say we want to get as many people under the tent, so to speak, to now then celebrate and watch the most amazingly talented artists and craftspeople in the world? Why well, lean more towards the latter? And that's how I am positioning this show as an amazing entertainment property, setting us the backdrop of an award show where we get as many people in as possible to celebrate these talented people and get them in by loving and celebrating the entertaining aspects of movies. Movies are the most entertaining property in the world, yeah. right? Make us dream and cry and angry and sad, unite us, sometimes divide us, 
give us things to aspire to. <sighs> they inspire us. Sometimes they may depress us, but they make us feel something at their best versions. And that's powerful. It really is. And I want to lean into that. Yeah, it's well, amazing. Thank you for that. Um, so uh, when you're when you're navigating this process and obviously, you know, you, you're you you're creating a three hour experience uh, and that and there's been a lot of focus on keeping it in this three hour time frame. Um, we saw last year what an Oscar telecast looked like that didn't have musical performances, that didn't have hosts and that didn't have film clips. And we still ran 19 minutes over not having that right right, right. And now everyone says we want those things back you guys are listening but now we are now at this moment where eight awards are moving not they're not moving off the telecast in terms of they just won't be live on the tele telecast and that's been an important distinction however there's been industry backlash uh towards that decision can you speak to that and what was behind that uh, mindset of how we got there. Yeah. Listen, I certainly um, uh, have compassion for folks that um, are upset about that and disagree with that decision. Absolutely. Totally understand it um, and have empathy for their positions. I, I, I agree with the decision. I think it was the right decision. We have to understand that the award show, Academy Awards, as we know, it was at, is at a major inflection point. You know, this and in the next coming years, but certainly this year are going to uh, be a harbinger for what this show will become, what it will be. It it has always been, um, you know, this kind of shining symbol. Right. It was the apex of all award shows and it represented the best of, you know, the shiniest uh, uh, industry in the world, I would say. Um, there certainly has been some dull, you know, some of that luster is worn off because it has just an award show as in general, and also because of this particular award show. So a decision had to be made. And, you know, I respect everybody's opinions. Um, and I've got my own opinions and, and, you know, there's mine is no more important than anybody else's, but I am in a position where I'm able to put mine into action. And I agree with the Academy's decision. Because you do have to make decisions, tough decisions. But my big thing is that it's a celebratory night, you know, at a time when, uh, you know, the world at large is going through a tough moment. And I like to keep the focus on the celebration. I really do. And nobody is going to be, in my opinion, shortchanged by a decision, you know, to try to um, make the show more efficient, more expedient, and have more people watch the show. I'm going to have every one of the nominees, you know, um, have a moment. There'll be all the nominees for all the categories. We'll hear their names in that show. The winner will have their speech. You'll hear from them in the show. So, you know, most viewers uh, will not be able to, you know, tell the difference between um, how those wards are, are presented in a, you know, there won't be a substantial difference to the average viewer. But again, I understand people's um, consternation, uh, but I think it was the right decision. And this is, it's at a point where you got to make tough decisions. And I certainly came into this aware of that and knowing that I was going to have to do it, do that. And knowing that, you know, a lot of people weren't going to agree with my decision. If I was going to come in and, and just be a proponent for decisions that, you know, 
had been done the same way that they've been done for years, then you don't need me. There's no reason for me to be here. And if I didn't come in and do some things that um, that did shake some things up, um, then I felt like I would be missing the opportunity that I have here. And, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll, I'm going to do the best I can to treat this, this show with the reverence and the respect and the, um, the proper positioning that I think it deserves. But I'm also going to try to make a very entertaining show. I believe that, you know, I look at this kind of like the Super Bowl. And the NFL can never control who plays in the game, right? They don't, they don't want the, you know, Cleveland Browns and Detroit Lions every year. Not that it would be, but, you know, <laughs> those aren't the big, big marquee teams, right? They don't mm-hmm. want small marquee teams. They want big stars, you know, but they cannot control who their teams are. So that's kind of like the movies on the Academy Award. I have no control over, you know, what the, the you know, amazing movies nominees are going to be. But. What I can't control, like the NFL, is who's their halftime show, who's their entertainment, who's their pregame show, who's singing an astro anthem. Are they giving away popcorn and hot dogs in the parking lot, right? They're just trying to get everybody in to then watch the most talented athletes in the world. That's my job. I want to get everybody in to then celebrate the most talented people in the world at the show. Uh, And to be clear, I don't want anyone to misinterpret this. It's not you making this decision, you making this call alone, right? So this is oh, no. uh, the awards committee. Um, I believe that uh, Don Hudson in a recent interview with Deadline, Don Hudson and David Rubin said they it was them with you. Uh, I believe Jennifer Todd also was part of that, uh, you know, deciding factor. But has any of the board of governors or the of, of these branches that are going to that are going to be not live during the show. Have they reached out to you directly to like voice their concern or opinion as any, like, have you had any of those conversations? Cause some, there seems to be like some different thoughts about like whether they were consulted or not and, and the way some nominees are feeling. Yeah, no, I understand that. And, and no, I haven't had those conversations and, and um, I'm not the person uh, that would be best to speak to the process. That would definitely be the Academy. Um, I just know that I am uh, in favor of the ultimate result, but I can't speak to the process of how it happened. And I do know that there is um, some issue within the Academy and the Board of Governors about the process. That's not something I can speak to, but I do stand in support of the ultimate decision. Thank you for that. And and I'll also just say that I wasn't I, I wasn't a part of the process of notifying the Academy members. My job is to put the best show forward and present my vision for that show to ABC and to the Academy as my partners. Um, and then their job is to, you know, either uh, support me and my vision or not. And they've been very supportive. Oh, thank you for that. That was very important to note. Thank you. Um, yeah. Switching gears for a second. You got some, uh, some great hosts. Uh, you have uh, up and comers, Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, Regina, <laughs> Regina Hall. New, you know, really new faces, first, new yeah, names. Yeah, new names, you know, really getting the first opportunity, you know, to, to make people laugh. I hope they're know? not too nervous on this on the stage, you know, since it'll be the first time for them. Uh, you know, listen, I think this could launch some careers. You know, uh, I'm good for that, Clayton. I'm yeah. going to launch a career or two. <laughs> no, listen. How'd you, land, how'd you land on these three, uh, these yeah. three things? Look, you know, obviously really funny, talented ladies that have all been doing it for a while, all with three very different brands of humor. I love that. I'll tell you, Clayton, one of the things that I I really wanted this year was to lead with comedy when I thought about the host. And it goes back to my idea of 
making this an entertainment property um, and trying to get as many eyeballs on it as possible. And so I wanted hosts that said to people, okay, we're doing entertainment this year. And that is one of the thing about having a host at all for shows like this is that they kind of define what the show is going to be. They help to set thematically what that night is going to feel like. Mm. And I always knew that I wanted multiple hosts. I've always felt like, you know, and, and we've had some singular hosts throughout the history of this show that are incredible. I feel like in today's environment, it is a different ask to ask a single person to shepherd and set the tone and weave in and out a narrative of a potentially three hour show. And so I knew I wanted multiple hosts. Um, we landed on on these three ladies because, you know, like me, they're fearless. They're not afraid of this uh, of this job and it's not too big for them. And I love that. So I'm very excited. How will how this, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can tell me everything that's going to happen during the show, but how does the synergy of those three work? Will, will we get to see them on stage together doing uh, doing some bits or is it really just one an hour? No, it's not one an hour. And uh, I know that was something that was that was put out there. Um, but no, it's going to be the three hosts organically weaving in and out throughout the night. Yeah. Now, what I will say is that the show itself, um, you will feel the show coming in and out of our three chapters, if you will, throughout the night. And you'll notice when it comes to um, set design and musical accompaniments and, um, and, and underlying thematics that it will feel like you are moving through a movie throughout the night. So that was something that was very important. I want to do that. Um, hopefully you'll feel that when you watch the show, but you will see the three ladies throughout the night. All right. Awesome. See that, that's actually great to know. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of host names that were going through the, like, listen, like everyone was chasing who were going to be the hosts of the Oscars. And we, and we know early on some big names, uh, even you had reached out to like, you know, the rock it's people that just aren't available. Cause be, just because they're actually you know, working and doing things. A lot, a lot of this has been trying to get the right people. I'm glad we landed on these three ladies, but what was the difficulty about securing uh, a host? Cause I know a lot of names were being considered or being reached out to, or, you know, can you talk to anything about that process? Well, it's, it, that's all part of the process. When you take on a show like this, um, especially a show that hasn't had a host, uh, it's always, you know, a challenge. I don't know that for the last three years they didn't want to have a host. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's a challenge. And I'm just proud of, you know, the first time uh, in basically four years, we're going to have not just one, but three hosts. And these are the right folks that we landed on. So it's um, I looked at it very much like casting a movie. And, you know, you always get the right people. You always get exactly, you know, who you want. And so that's uh, that's where we landed. All right. Well, um, three weeks out from the show, do, <laughs> this is going to be I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Do you feel prepared? Like, do you feel like you you got it uh, handled? Uh, in Hell the, no. Weeks out? <laughs> no, we mean this. Like I'm done, like kids yeah. sitting back. Like, 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 you just, do you I feel like it's coming it. together? Or do you feel like you're, because I think one of the big criticisms of the show is that we always feel like everything's coming together last minute. That it's a run up to the goal where this would really should be like, you used to think about this a year out in advance, you know, like yeah. that, that's the, that part. Here's what I'll tell you. Um, I have been very actively working with 
my team, which is amazing. And uh, my producing partner, Shayla Cowan, who is on this show with me and, and um, we, and she's been my right hand for a very long time. We have been actively working at this um, since the fall, for sure. And that, cause that's around the time that we came on. And what I would say is that one thing I have learned is that, you know, in one year, there are some things that you can definitely um, make an impact on and you can, you know, touch and have your, your DNA all over. And there's some things just because of the nature of this show and the size of it and the history of it, there's some things that it would take far more than just a single year, you know? So um, one, one of the things that I will say, because you mentioned like, you know, people with criticism of the show in the past, this is the show that everybody has an opinion on. Everybody. There is not one person I feel like that I meet that doesn't have, I know exactly what you need to do. This is, let me tell you what you need to do. You got to do this. Or what you can't do is this. Whatever you do, don't do this. Or listen, here's the thing. Never do this again. Or you got to always do that. Like everybody has an opinion mm-hmm. and it's great. I love it. You know, I, I I love it. I think it's good because, you know, the vast majority are giving their opinions because they love the show or because they want it to win and want it to succeed. Now, you definitely got people out there that want the world to burn. You know what I mean? You have definitely a whole toxic negative sector of people that just they just want to fail no matter what. They just want this thing to go down. It's amazing to me because some of those folks are, um, you know, uh, live off this industry like many of us do, like you and I. And so it's kind of like, well, what ultimately is the the purpose and the goal of all this negativity? Uh, and I will give you props, Clayton, because I, I, you know, I've been a little busy, so I haven't read a lot of stuff. But just when I have seen some of your stuff, I would say, like, even though you 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 give your opinion and you know you're honest about how you feel about things, I think there is an air of positivity from you. I will say that, and and you know, I mentioned that to Keith. I was like, I would love to talk to Clayton because. You just seem like, you know, you're somebody who loves this industry and loves film and love what it can be. And that's just important to have those kind of advocates. Doesn't mean you got to agree with everything that's happening. I, you know, of course not. But anyway, so, um, yeah, it's um, it's an undertaking that's that's like no other. Very, very interesting in that aspect. Um, but I, I answer your question. Are we ready? No, but we will. be. We definitely will be. I can't wait for uh, for March 27th. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for the compliment as well. So uh, you compare, I compare it to like, you know, your, your family, you love your family, but you cannot like things they do sometimes and tell them Absolutely. You know, and you'll argue, Absolutely. but they're yep. still family. They're still family at the end of the day. That's right. That's right. I want to go back to Will Packer. Whereas we got some people out there. They oh. just want to kill mama. I, 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 I'm off the train. Yes. <laughs> there's like, listen, like, there's ways to go about this. Like we can be critical. We can help steer the ship, but to just, engulf it i don't i don't know what we're doing so i i get that uh, it just it's a short-term mentality and it's all about you know um you know clicks in the moment you can do some very you know vitriol gets people's attention sure. and so there are some folks that are living off of that but i am somebody that thinks about the the long-term aspect of things and as an industry you know uh do we want to succeed together do we need a show like this to work and uh, i would argue yes and so well what can we all do together to try to uh, make that a reality. Actually, you actually, uh, I was gonna make a quick transition, but actually uh, I was gonna ask this question eventually anyway. Why is, why are the Oscars important to Will Packer? Like what was, 
like what does it what does it represent for you as someone in this industry and then even before you got here because it's easy to say the oscars don't matter right and like yes there are bigger things going on in the world getting a gold statue isn't the most important thing you can do in life but it represents there's something about it that it represents and i have my opinions on what the academy really represents but what does it represent for will packer well that's a good question and i'll go to um what it it represented for me before i was where i'm at in the industry now because you know now i i have friends and colleagues and former interns that are you know um receiving have received their awards being nominated so it's it's a little bit different i'm i'm inside you know um I, i'm inside the walls now if you will but for will packer that's not in hollywood you know it, what it represents is um the 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 pinnacle right the highest heights of success for people that have labored in some instances years in some instances decades in some instances a lifetime to achieve a certain status where their peers say you are the best of the best. Now, the reason that that's important is not just because it's Hollywood and it's a gold statue and these are people that you know do very high profile projects. It matters if we were talking about sports, if we were talking about teachers, if we were talking about doctors, there is something very human about the need to celebrate those that give everything towards a particular goal, ambition, endeavor. That's important. And then succeed, right? Because you can see that and it can inspire you in completely other facets of life. We need that as humans, right? We have been put to a test like no other over these past two years. But having the ability to see people laboring, working hard, and achieving their goals that translates. That translates across demographics and ethnicities and orientations and countries. Like that is something that as a human, you can understand and you can identify with. And so to me, that's a little bit of the importance beyond just who's carrying home, you know, a piece of gold. Uh, going back to Will Packer Productions, uh, 10 films have opened at number one. Uh wide range of films have grossed more than a billion dollars that's b billion just want to make that abundantly clear here we're talking about billions of dollars and then um you know big hits like girls trip uh right along right along to you know right, right along and right along to sorry uh straight out of compton you executive produce and then you have in the ceremony oscar fan favorite oscar cheer moments where i see that as what I physically feel like I've represented as the bridge between consumer and the industry talking to one another and be like, yes, you can love power of the dog and you can love Spider-Man no way home. Cause we all love movies. What we call the best, like it's all subjective in the end. So can you talk about how something like you focus a lot on that consumer pocket which is why you seem familiar to, to a lot of us uh, bringing this uh, familiarity to the show. Can you speak about like how that bridge is going to work? Look, it's who I am as a, as a, uh, as a filmmaker. I'm somebody that thinks about the audience. I think about the consumer. I think about them first. I really do. Um, and th those aren't industry people. Right. And so this is a night where people within the industry 
the academy members get to decide who the winners are, who are the best among us. We have that as an industry. It is up to the academy's members. At the same time, as you pointed out, you can love Power of the Dog, love Spider-Man. You can not have seen one or the other and still be a movie fan, right? And so there has always kind of been, I won't say always, but often there is a chasm between the movies that are, quote unquote, like the populist selections and the industry, you know, uh, darlings. And one thing that I wanted to do was say that this show, especially this year, was not just a show for either audience. It was a show for people that love one, the other, both. If you love movies, that's our thing. Movie lovers unite. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a Hollywood star. You don't have to be a star. You could be a celebrity of another ilk. You could be a hardworking American. You could be a hardworking Australian. It doesn't matter. You love movies. This is a night for you. This is a show for you. And I wanted to have elements of all types of movies. That was very specific and very strategic. It was always part of my vision was to, within this show, have elements of movies. We certainly are going to have elements of all the movies that the industry has voted for and ordained the best of the best. I also wanted to have elements of the movies that are the most popular amongst people that don't have a vote. Oh, that's awesome. Right, thank you for, for clearing that uh, clearing that up. Uh, looking at uh, what, what else is coming forward uh, for in the next few weeks, because you're going to be very busy. Um, the, the, the prep time, the, the, the preparation to, to get this machine going, uh, there's always been, uh, as we are an industry that's moving in, it looks different. We have different membership. People are consuming entertainment differently. They can consume it on their phones and TikToks and all that. You know, this can be broadcast on ABC. One of the most needed things, I guess, pivots that we can that we can do here to expand the audience is streaming platforms, you know, Hulu, you know, lives under this, you know, Disney big guy and Hulu and ABC are, are cousins. I don't know what we're going to call them. Uh, has there, have you received any pushback on innovative ideas? I know Will Packer would love to do, but someone up higher is like, no, we don't do that. And I think you spoke mm -hmm. a little bit about that, but everyone has their feelings and opinions, but ha mm -hmm. has there been something that you really wanted to do that you're like, guys, I feel like this is the ticket and we're just not doing it. Um, you know, it's ask me after the show <laughs> because there's some things I'm still working on and I'm still trying to do that are non-traditional and that, you know, I, I will tell you, I got a lot of non-traditional ideas and, and, um, you know, some I've been able to enact and some I haven't. And that's not always just about, you know, ABC or the Academy. Um, I just am somebody that 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 comes in and looks at this very differently um, than, you know, some of my predecessors in this seat. And so I'm going to shake things up in a different kind of way. And some of those things you're going to definitely see on the show. You know, you'll you'll see, OK, I see Will Packer's fingerprints on the show. Um, and there'll be other things that, you know, I'm still trying to get done and we'll see. So. I could probably fully answer that question with some context, honestly. Um, but I, I think the, the the brief answer is, of course, of course, there are things that, you know, I'd like to do um, that uh, are tough to get past. Um, so but we'll see because I'm still fighting. Well, well I'll, I'll chat with you on, on March 28th and see what, what made it through and what didn't. Give me the 29th CD. Let me oh, try, you want to sleep, sleep in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's uh, in pre again, preparation for the show. 
lot of reports and listen, we all been in very difficult last two years. There was a pandemic I heard that's been, that happened around the globe. Right. I heard that too. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was, it was pretty nuts. And then, you know, uh, the vaccinations was a, were a really big hot, uh, talking point about, mm-hmm. you know, nominees, presenters, uh, I'm sorry, nominees being vaccinated, attendees being vaccinated, but then presenters, performers don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're, we feel like we're trying to educate people on like the importance of vaccination so we can get out of this pandemic mm-hmm. in a timely mm-hmm. fashion. I'm assuming that you think it's important to be, you know, to, to be vaccinated and so, so we can all be safe. Like, can you speak a little bit to that and how that, you know, how that comes across? to consumers that say Hollywood selling us to be vaccinated yet. They're about to have the ceremony where some are not going to be. Yeah. Well, you know, we, it's a, it's a bigger conversation beyond just um, this decision by the Academy. Um, You know, unfortunately, as you know, Clayton, um, the idea of vaccinations has been so politicized that it's not even about, you know, the science that we know to be true. I definitely am pro-vaccine um, and and want to encourage everybody to be vaccinated. And I think that, um, in fact, I know that's the Academy's position as well. They want to encourage everybody who attends the show to be vaccinated. Now, you will have people that will be coming from all over the world. And you do have, um, you know, people that have very different opinions about that. And I have said that this is, you know, movie lovers unite, movie lovers of all kinds. If you love movies, you're welcome. And so um, it wasn't my decision, but I understand it's a decision and I stand by it. Um, and I just think that we're encouraging people to do it. But I just think it's it's a bigger thing that that um, really speaks to the sign of, a sign of the times, the times that we're in. That's something like, you know, um, getting vaccinated against, you know, a, a globally detrimental airborne disease is even something that, you know, it divides us uh, politically and ideologically, you know, that's, that's, uh, it's disappointing, but it is, it is what it is. It's the world we're in. I shot a movie um, this summer in South Africa with Idris Elba and um, it's called Beast and it'll be out this, uh, this summer. And we were shooting and I was um, vaccinated. It was it was like midsummer, and so maybe top of the summer. And so vaccinations were just starting to roll out around the world. And I was able to get vaccinated in the States before I flew over. And South Africa did not have the vaccine supplies uh, at that time. And so they were doing the uh, rolling eligibility where, you know, first everybody like 75 and up could get it. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, everybody's 65 and up. And then, and so on my crew, I was one of maybe, you know, three or four vaccinated people on a crew of hundreds and everybody on that crew, because they did not have access to it. And it was so difficult to get it would have done almost anything to get that vaccine. We were in a country that didn't have it. People would line up for miles literally, when the vaccine was available for your particular age group, and they would just stand in line for hours to get it. And in our country, you had doses that were expiring because we had so much of it and people wouldn't take it. It just really gave me 
a perspective about um, privilege and access and how that affects your mentality when it comes to certain things. So I just think that we're in a challenging spot with the world, but I think we're going to get through it. I am an eternal optimist. I always will be. I think that, um, you know, ultimately that is an important question, but it's bigger than just one award show and who shows up here and is vaccinated or is not vaccinated. I just think it speaks to a, a, a tumultuous time for us right now that I certainly encourage everybody to um, to be a part of the solution and getting us to the next step. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, going into a little bit of uh, Oscar history, I'm looking at you right now with uh, two beautiful icons behind you, both yes. of which I've interviewed this year for the first hey. time, Denzel Washington and Halle Berry. Nice. You're yeah, winning, you know, brother. Yeah, I li- listen. Uh, talk about dreams coming true, like being able to like speak with them, you know, and just like, I remember that night, by the way, that night, the longest Oscar ceremony in history, by the way, I uh, did not know that four hours and 20, 29 minutes. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Longest wow. Oscar yeah. 429. So All right. So as long as I'm at 428, you're telling 428, you're good. You're good. You're telling me I won't be the longest ever. That's what you're, you're definitely good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, I looking at the bigger picture, I feel like Clayton Davis, who re- was an advocate for diversity all across the board, you mm-hmm. know, I always felt like Oscars have always been a scapegoat to lack of diversity at, at their ceremonies because mm-hmm. you can't nominate what's there, what's not there. You know, right. I remember the year of concussion with Will Smith, you know, it was Oscar so white and everyone was really upset. And we all had a right to be, but in the conversation that year, really only was Will Smith and Idris Elba. So we can't get, so we're getting mad. Like, you didn't choose the one or two we that Hollywood right. provided for you. Is that the Hollywood Beast of No Nation year? Choices. Is that the Beast of No Nation? Beast of No Nation year. year. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Hollywood needs to actively provide choices to the Academy voters. Right. To, so then, you know, then we can get mad if there's like hundreds of black actors and movies in contention and they don't do it so how have you reconciled that because you are in that position to make these projects happen yeah yeah they don't even need to be hundreds right you just need a a um a true representative of like let's make movies that show what the world looks like right um but you're right i understood that then which is you know and i would say that the people i did some interview around the um the, the Oscar so white time shout out to April rain who who started that, that hashtag and, and uh, really created a movement that forced this industry to listen to it. But you're right. By the time you get to the Oscars, it's way too late. Most of these movies are shot, you know, years, right? Like a couple of years, usually probably on average, and they're starting to be developed five, 10 years before they ever reach the point that, you know, they're, eligible to be um showcase of the oscar ceremony so it's it's not you know there there are two things one the academy is needs to do better with their diversity in their ranks and they have certainly made some serious strides to make that happen um you know shout out to devon franklin who has definitely been at the forefront of that working with the academy leadership um but i understood you know better than most the reality that if we want to see Hollywood's biggest night start to look more like the world, then we need to start giving opportunities to 
not just the actors, not just the craftspeople, but also the stories, the stories that highlight and require the perspective of somebody like a Denzel or a Halle, right? Or Will Packer or Clayton Davis. So we have to start telling a much more broad tableau of stories. And then, of course, we need to hire people that have the right perspective and skill set to bring those stories to life. And I, I see it happening. It's slow. You know, it's like it's 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 moving an iceberg. It is. It's tough. You're trying <laughs> to boil the ocean. This is, you know, this is the 94th year of the Academy Awards. That's a long time. And you can't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden have something be different. It takes time. It takes, you know, young up and coming screenwriters giving an opportunity they would not otherwise have to make their first, second, third movie. So then the fourth movie can be the one where they're really finding their stride, where they can really get in and have the one that might be nominated for original screenplay. Right. But if you've got these writers with these diverse voices who aren't even getting a chance to get that first project made. Right. Then they'll never get to the fourth or fifth. And that's that's what we're looking at. And so I'm certainly trying to be a part of um, a positive cycle of getting um, new and different voices, getting them an opportunity because the Oscar stuff will come. That's my opinion. Let's get the films made. And you understand that. And I think you're right. Let's get the films made. Let's get the stories told. Let's get qualified people of diverse backgrounds give them the opportunity to make their movies. And then it will happen. You will see those films that are allotted at the highest levels will start to look more like the people that are making them once you got a diverse base of filmmakers that are making them. Awesome. Thank you. And then now that, that actually taking it outside of film for a minute, Will Packer Media produces a lot of uh, episodic television, uh, yeah. working uh, with OWN that's, you know, with another up and comer that owns that network, Oprah Winfrey. It's really like, you know, going places she with just, that channel. She just got to keep working at it. She'll, she'll like, break through. She's going to get, she's going to get there. I promise. I promise she, she's going to get there. <laughs> but uh, Ready to Love, Put a Ring on It, That Girl Lele with Nickelodeon. Like you see it in the, in the, your Will Packer's all over Hollywood. He's doing movies, he's doing television. Uh, do you see one side moving faster than the other? Is it the kind of the same struggle? And what can we expect more from Will Packer productions in the future? Because I think we're just kind of getting started in this realm. Yeah, man. Thanks for that question. Um, you know, first of all, I think television and film um, are more different than ever before and more similar than ever before. Right. Um, I think that for audiences, they want to follow great stories, great talent. That's what they want to do. And, uh, you know, it's not so much about the format it's more about the experience and so you've got you know some television shows that have episodes that run you know 60 plus minutes that feel like movies right and you've got some uh some movies that are you know right at 90 that feel more like a little episodic in the way that they're being made so to me i think that's actually a good thing i think that when we're not being so um regimented and segmented in terms of how we're making the stories and the stories can live and the stories can breathe and come to life in their own organic way, right? If, I, if, a, if as a filmmaker, I'm not tied to saying, okay, my act break has to happen here and I have to make sure that I've got this many exact episodes, then I can just tell the story the best way for that particular story to be told. And that's one of the reasons why I've diversified my company across mediums, because I never wanted to be the guy that, um, you know, only made hats. I'm a hat company guy. 
And then Clayton, you bring me an amazing design for a shoe, right? And I'm sticking it on my head going, ah, I don't know if this is going to work, Clayton. This doesn't feel right, right? I want to be the guy that can say, oh, got it. This is a, you know, this is an episodic, uh, um, you know, multicam uh, sitcom. This is a limited series stock. This is a full length feature. I wanted to be somebody who can figure out the best way to tell stories across mediums. In terms of what we got coming up, you know, it's uh, we're just getting started. Certainly over on the um, television side, we are doing scripted. We're doing non-scripted. Very proud of the stuff we've got on the air. We're doing um, features. The next one I already mentioned is, is you know, dropping with, with my good pal Driss uh, this summer. Um, and then we also have some things that we're doing for streaming platforms. So for me, I'm across the board and I always think of the consumer. I always think of my audience first and I want to be making content where they are so that they can consume it the way that they're used to consuming their content. Uh, I'm not going to let you not mention Girls Trip 2. You got to tell us something about <laughs> what's happening with Girls Trip 2. You, you said recently that it's happening. I need to yeah. know what step we're at. Yeah, yeah. We're still we're still early. You know, I, I love the fact that all my ladies are so busy, but we're trying to figure out um, now that story. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, working with uh, with Malcolm Lee and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to suggestions, just like on the Oscars, right? <laughs> so, you know, Clayton, if you could tell me where you think the ladies ought to go next for their next adventure. I'll listen, Ooh, uh, but okay. we got to figure that out. We haven't locked in yet. Oh, that, 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 that's rough, man. That's, that's like a lot of responsibility. In, uh, it is. What <laughs> you got? Because they, they got to go somewhere specific, like very specific. I'm about to send, about to send them to uh, St. Lucia. We're going to have a good old <laughs> island party. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I just I got three it. last questions for you. Uh, so yeah. one is, uh looking now uh, you're an academy voter you know mm-hmm. on on top of this right you have to watch movies and one like, we talked to i talked to academy voters some are really like take it seriously they watch the films and they go and others i'm yelling at them like how have you not seen this yet like right. come on we're like we're getting there yeah. um as a producer and a voter like what you know what have you enjoyed this year i guess what like uh, what has really stuck out to you? What have you been passionate about in films from 2021? Yeah, it's been a good year. I'm I'm a little resident to uh, uh, resident to um, you know call out specific films because of the yeah. position I'm in now, right? People then go, that's why that had that moment on the show. Yeah, hacker like that one, <laughs> you know. So I'm I'm Switzerland, but I will say it was a good year, man. It was a good year. It was a good year across the board. Um, some interesting. Um, you know, introspective stories, a, a lot of which we do see every year, but, you know, stories was really creative human interplay, um, you know, and, and, and so I, I enjoy that, but I also enjoy, you know, um, big spectacle as well. And we even have some of that in the, in the best picture race, um, some strong performances. Uh, I, I, you know, I definitely have, you know, my folks that I'm, you know, would love to see win. Uh, and I, um, I take it very seriously. I watch if, if I don't watch every movie in a category, I don't vote in that category. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my rule. Like I just, I don't, even if I watch something, I liked it, but I didn't see something else. I just don't do it. Cause I feel like it's unfair. And I would, I would want somebody to do the same yeah. if it's my project, you know, and I've had a couple projects that have, that have, you know, been in contention. So I, for me, um, I try to watch everything. I'm a little behind this year. 
So I've got, I think I got all Why? my- What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. What are you doing, man? You know, I'm working on my Wordle, Clayton. Yeah. I got to do, you know, every day I got to get my Wordle. Well, yeah, I'm not, I, I haven't gotten streak. that first, that people get on the first try, I don't believe them because I I haven't gotten it once. I think, I mean, I think dude, lying. you look at my Wordle distribution, for those of us that know what that means, <laughs> I'm very heavy on the fourth and fifth, right? Four I and five. I, yeah, dude, that's where I live. I am not that. I see the people with the first and second rows. I'm like, you're cheap. I don't believe you. <laughs> I've, I've played I've played Oscar like two or three times thinking they're going to like get in the theme and they haven't yet. Yeah, so no, no, no. New York Times is doing their own thing. Maybe, I tell maybe. you, it's my morning. You know, I just nerd out with you for a second. So because I do, you know, I'm a little bit busy and I yeah. am very consumed, you know, with the Oscars. And of course, I do have a couple other projects going as well. Um, but every morning I do my Wordle. I then do Quirtle which is the four, right? It is literally, I don't know if you know about this. No. Yep. You got to try Q Q-U-O, oh. Quirtle. And I also, I'm insane. I do Octurtle, right? The eight? It's crazy. It's crazy. And I do this spelling bee on the New York Times. I don't know if you're up on that. Oh, right yeah. I, yeah. So, so I have my four, they're like kind of like just my mental exercise that has nothing to do with this industry that In I the morning. do. Every morning I complete those. Right. And then I can go on and take on the day because, you know, once I do those, I'm like, OK, nothing's going to be harder yeah. than the sixth square <laughs> on Octurtle that I'm going to have to deal with today. You know what I mean? Like, does, does this set a bad Dolby tone? Theater. If you don't get it, does this set like a bad moment for the rest of your day? You're like, damn, like I can't like I'm going to be in a bad mood today. It ain't a good sign. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> if I come in and I fail the wordle, mm, there's, I might make some decisions that people don't really, really don't like this. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, but they did a double letter on work. Okay. So we're cutting that song out of the show. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh God. That's awesome. Um, you know, as, as, a, as a Hollywood fan, Oscar fan, what is your favorite Oscar ceremony? What's the ceremony that sticks out the most as a produced show? And also, I always want to know what's Will Packer's favorite movie of all time. Like, what is the Will Packer movie that did it for you? Oh, my gosh. Um, shows several, man. I don't know that I could just tell you like the one because I like aspects and elements. I always, you know, I love the the um, spontaneous interaction that Ellen had. I love and Jimmy also done some spontaneous interaction. Chris, I love like the sharp humor of rock you know what i mean when he's up there with the mic in his hand whoopee the fearlessness just will do whatever right love that billy crystal what a showman come on like in terms of showman in the history of this business does it get better so i like that i like i can't not mention moments you know like you know hallie and denzel like come on that year brother that was like yes <laughs> like you know that was that was that was an amazing year on so many different levels, but certainly as a black producer in Hollywood, I just will never forget it. You yeah. kind of dulled it for me, telling me that it was so damn long. I didn't even realize that. One years, man, it sucks. Yeah, it yeah, sucks, man. <laughs> uh, and then you know, movies, man. I I run the gamut. I'll be honest with you. You know, one of my favorites is Shawshank Redemption. I'll tell you, that is definitely. But but also, um, Aliens. Ridley's second. Wait, aliens. Like, uh, it, you said the second. correct one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. That one, you know, Bill Paxton, God bless them. Like that, the crazy one. That's that's the one, you know. So anyway, I'll just say that I've run like those are obviously yeah. two different, you know, types of films. But I, I just I'm a movie lover. 
I'm a movie lover. I love it. I love the experience of it. I love going to the theater. I don't mind, you know, watching it on streaming. I'm I'm somebody that's a proponent of watch it where you want to watch it, but just make sure you watch it. Just make sure you consume it. I just love movies that make you feel something. That's what I always want to try to be a part of. And that's why I love this industry because at its best, it makes you feel something. So awesome. Where, where were you for Washington Berry? Do you remember where you were, where you were at that time? Yeah, I was, I was in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta. Yeah. That was, was that 20, was that 20 years ago? 20 years. Yeah. 2002. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was definitely, I was in Atlanta. Yeah. I was watching it at a really small Oscar party, as I recall. Um, but I just remember there were several folks of mine that were having Oscar. You watching? Are we watching what's happening? Yeah. You know, but, you know, um, and I remember those awards, you know, as they traditionally are, were later in the evening and everybody's like, when, when is this out? When's Hallie? When is the, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, I I was watching Atlanta, which is yeah, home nearly midnight, Atlanta. man. For, that means it happened like 11, 30, 12 o'clock our time. Cause that was crazy. Yeah. I, I was in my senior year of high school. Like that was like about to like, yeah. I, I, remember, yeah. I remember just like sitting, I was like, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> uh, all right. And, and my last so question. Today, I'm sure. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, my last question, I just want to just give an opportunity to dispel some rumors um, yeah. about some of the Oscar They're hosts. All true. All, that, all true. Well, uh, some of the Oscar hosts that were in the running that were attached at one point and then and then uh, moved off. Whoopi was one in particular. John Hamm, another in particular. Were they ever really attached as as hosts and what happened that they didn't end up uh, moving forward? I, it's it's like when I when I make my movies, Clayton, I never talk about the process to get there, you know, and so I've seen things out there that are definitely untrue. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't try to take the time because if you dispel one, you don't dispel another one. Then it's you know, the implication is that there's some veracity to it. So I don't even talk about the process. I would just say that we ended up exactly where we wanted to be. And I, I love the fact that we've got these these three amazing women. Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to plug for the show? Anything we should uh, get gear up for? That's uh, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. But no, man, great interviews, good, thoughtful questions. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to, um, you know, give my perspective on some things. And um, I'm excited, man. That's that's how I believe it. I'm excited. I'm ready. Um, let's see what happens. You know, yeah. I just I, I'm somebody that believes that you got to you got to take chances. Nothing is ever accomplished without risk. Nothing is ever truly gained that was worth being gained without sacrificing something. And so there is some risk, there is some sacrifice, but ultimately the upside is huge. And uh, and so that's why I wanted to be a part of this. And that's what I'm so eager and looking forward to. That's Will Packer, producer of this year's Oscars. The 94th Oscars will take place on Sunday, March 27th at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. It'll air live on ABC, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, in more than 200 territories worldwide. Before the show, join me and my Variety colleague, Elizabeth Wagmeister, as we preview the ceremony with the On the Red Carpet Live Countdown to the Oscars, which airs on ABC this Sunday, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern and 10 a.m. Pacific. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, 
head to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. Join us next week for our extended Award Circuit Roundtable, where we recap all the highs, lows, surprises, and snubs, and preview next year's Oscar race. Until then, we'll see you on the circuit. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.